my people, this is Parma and you're listening to The Long Yak. This is the fifth one and possibly the longest one yet. So returning listeners, you know the drill. There are timestamps below to help you navigate this episode and find the dramas that you most want to hear talked about. To new listeners, we are so grateful you decided to stop by. We hope you stick with us and we can welcome you to many more episodes in the future. And now without further ado, let's get into the yak. This is Anissa. This is Parama. And before we get into discussing dramas, um, we wanted to thank our listeners, Oros1115 and Juan Valdez, for uh, leaving uh, really nice reviews for us on iTunes. Thank you. Yes, we're so happy and overcome by emotions. <laughs> we're really grateful that you guys took the time to leave reviews for us, and it means a lot to us. And, and now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Onwards to Secretary Kim. Yes, another thing that makes us very happy. So, so happy. It's everything that we hoped for. Like, everything that I had, like, wished for in the last year came true. It's kind of insane. So, you are both up to date, which is six episodes, right? I've only watched, like, two and a half. Oh, how much can we talk about it if you've only watched that much? Oh, uh... Let's do our best. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Because I'm, I'm going to come in with a little bit of... And you know what? I'm going to let Bar- uh, Barma take this first, and then I'll say what I think. So I'm not going to uh, do a synopsis on this thing. I mean, if you guys are not watching uh, What's Wrong with Secretary Kim, then just, like, turn your drama-loving cards back in because you don't deserve it. It's, <laughs> it's so good, guys. <laughs> the romance is good but like let's not even get to the romance it's just the character development the first episode kind of blew me away it they established uh, Park Seo Joon's um, character it's uh, Lee Young Joon right yeah Lee Young Joon yes. and um, Park Min Young's character which is Kim Mi So or as she keeps uh, confusing as <laughs> uh, Kim Bi So <laughs> which means secretary Kim and these two are amazingly fleshed out characters. Um, I mean, yes, uh, Young Jun's character is essentially the arrogant genius uh, Chebol. We have seen these characters before. But um, somehow we also haven't seen his character before. It's, um, he seems like an insensitive narcissist and he is an insensitive narcissist. But he, he also has the ability to learn from his mistakes and he's not a jerk which is such a huge thing. He's not a jerk. And um, Kim Mi So is, I, I have so many quotes by her, uh, like stuff that she said, she's been put in corners and she's been, um, she's faced these situations where people are, 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 are saying stuff to her and, and she could have reacted by being embarrassed or I don't know, coy, shy. Instead, she just comes back with these amazing retorts that I, I'm going to frame at some point and, and hang in <laughs> my room just for, as inspiration. That's what I want to grow up to be. So clearly I'm fangirling. I, I do love the way that you can see her put on her secretary face. Like she has this yes. enormous megawatt smile, which is totally plastic. And like it comes down and you're like, ooh, you're in trouble. <laughs> And I really, I really love that beat where it's in the very first episode, you know, she's signing her name 
Um, and and she, like you said, she writes Kim Bisa instead of Kim Misa. It's like it's such a striking and effective way of showing how, like you know, like what her who her character is. That she's so internalized in this state of being Secretary Kim that her own identity is kind of like lost inside that. So like immediately you know this is about Kim Biso becoming Kim Miso. It was just it was such a like such a great tiny scene, but a really fantastic one. That's a really, brilliant way of putting it. That's basically the best synopsis of this drama. It's it's about Kim Biso trying to be Kim Miso again. And I really liked how the whole episode one, you know, there's like this suspense of he doesn't know why she's quitting. She hasn't really told anybody why she's quitting. And then she's, you know, like they kind of build up to the reveal of like who, why she wants to leave. And, you know, and then she was writing that letter to her successor saying like the most important thing and also the reason I'm leaving. And then you you keep like the answer keeps getting pulled away from you. And then when you find out that that's the reason that she wants to find out who she is and like take her life back. But then when she tells that to him, finally, he's like, that's it for that reason. <laughs> like, like he just doesn't get it. <laughs> he doesn't get it at all. And it's such a great um, illustration of who he is and who she's been in his life. And it's really interesting to me that we're coming in at this point in their relationship where she's quitting. Like we didn't start out, you know, at the beginning. Like it's nine, nine years, years into their relationship. Yeah. yeah. So that's, definitely very interesting i was and i was remembering like what we were talking about last during the last yak um barma you were saying you're hoping that this will while still keeping that without you know because we were saying we wish that they had flipped the genders but i really agree with you like now that i've seen it i like that they kept the genders because it keeps that um the tension of the the different yeah the different power dynamics and all of that and then it's like well how would you actually deal with that how would a how would a heroine who has self confidence and who's smart and who, you know, wants to live her own life and is not a doormat? How would she deal with the situation? And like, she's awesome. I love her. It also like you assume like when you're first presented these characters and like you know he's he's got his like aura and he's perfect, and it sets up this idea that he's perfect on his own. But as you keep watching actually his perfection is kind of like the outward perfection is a result of of her diligence and attentions mm. and like he comes to realize how indispensable she is once she's gone and i love that part where but you get both of their perspectives you're not getting this just from um uh, misa's perspective you're getting it like when she's saying to him you know i need to go and find myself you know like i haven't lived this whole last nine years and he's like that last nine years that was nothing to you and that shocks him because for him it was everything but like having to reframe that entire relationship is when he you know what she slowly sort of reveals to him and he begins to understand like that like you're talking about that power differential that he never ever thought about the fact that she couldn't say no to him there's that moment where he tells her, I don't know if you've got to this yet, Anissa, so I'm worried about spoiling you. Actually, there's a moment that I want to talk about that I'm thinking it might be the same one. When he says, if you had said no, I wouldn't have told you yes. to do it. Right, yeah, so that moment. And, like, she never knew she could say no. That's not That's not what he says exactly. He, he says... Oh, he said, you never said no. 
exactly and that's and, why and there's, there's a slight difference in in the phrasing because he can't fathom that he he never thought that he was being insensitive or that he was overburdening her he just thought that she could always she could just say no if she wanted to but she knows that she's not allowed to say no as part of her job like whatever uh, he says she has to do it because that's her job but that's that's also not not what i got from their dynamic one of the things that i really like about their relationship is that she talks back to him she tells him uh, when he's wrong and that's been true like from the very first episode it just as she panders to him his ego yes but to a point after which she corrects him and it's it's really nice to watch that and and she says that at one point that she tried to become the perfect secretary because she didn't want to be a burden to him she realized that she was underqualified for the position when he hired her 9 years ago and she was making mistakes but he was still giving her a chance she was so grateful for it and she needed the job so badly that she decided then and there that she'll never be a burden to him so in her head not being a burden to him means exceeding his expectations and that's what he's always done for years now and that's the habit that they've fallen into at this point it's it's this it's mm. it's this rut that they've gotten into relationship wise right but also also what what we saw in that sort of the progression of their relationship over the 9 years is that they they grew together like you know she was inexperienced but he was kind of like he was you know this softer younger more mellow um person I don't as well. Think he was mellow. It's just that he was Okay, not mellow. He was more, more vulnerable. Like he he, he didn't yeah. have such a high like a, such a um wall around him. But like you could see that there were, you know, that he tried to understand her. And then they fell into this routine of once they'd like str- uh, you know, um landed on this perfect routine, it was like they'd you know reached the highest level of secretary secretary boss relationship possible at least and in then his it mind. became that rut yeah at and her mind i don't think she ever wanted anything different like in her head she didn't want a different relationship with him she just wanted to retire when she was done paying off the family debt that she was under no to go back to you know how you were saying that t- that moment like he, they're texting each other actually um and he's like you never told me no um and then and then like i think she's and then he kind of realizes that she maybe was doing that like she didn't really want to do all of that or like he realizes how much he asked of her and then the next morning he's like remembering that time that she put the tie on for him which i think we saw from her perspective the night before so we see their perspective of that memory you know where she like gets upset when they go to the us for that business trip and then she kind of blows up at him for for criticizing her and then but then he gives her another chance and then and then she comes in the next morning like she, after learning teaching herself how to to tie the tie and she puts it on him and then like that becomes part of their what they do yeah and what for me was the, like the most moving about that whole sequence is when she comes in to work he comes into work and he doesn't even say hi to her and but she notices that he's not wearing a tie and she takes in a tie and he's like just leave it and then he says i just realized that really simple thing that everyone else knows that you can't get what you want all the time and i was just like oh and then she just and she's also you can tell like she's kind of like taken aback and emotional but he's like you can go now and she's like watching staring at his back for a while and then she leaves and i was like oh okay i'm in yeah. <laughs> i'm all in <laughs> so and i and i what i like about this um a drama a lot 
But like if you watched a few more episodes, you realize this that every time um, an assumption is declared, someone assumes something about a character. For instance, right before, right before the scene that you talked about, where he says that you can't have what you want. Uh, a few scenes earlier, um, Kim Miso's elder sister uh, was sort of discussing this situation with her, where her boss doesn't want her to, um, you know, leave her job, and he's doing all sorts of weird things to keep her, like <laughs> proposing to her. And uh, Miso's like, what, what is going on with him? And the elder sister's like, he, he's possessive of you. Like he's, he's the kind of guy who always gets what he wants. So it's that assumption that she makes and just a few scenes later we see that he comes and he realize and he, like he comes to the realization on his own and very quickly so that's not like a set tree of his character you know what i mean like it's not like he is incapable of realizing that he can only manipulate her up to a point and no further the interesting am I, am I thing sense or am I just... yeah you know you are and the interesting thing about him is the more you get to know him and see him, the more you realize that his I'm perfect and smart and, you know, everyone is like pales in comparison to me. He's partly like actually believes that and he's very full of himself because of his position in life. But it's also partly a mask so that he never has to show his real feelings. You know, like when he takes her to that, um, the date or whatever, or the farewell gift that he's pretending that he's yeah. giving her when he takes her to the, the, the um, what did the he call it? Oh, the, the blockbuster. blockbuster. The curse of the blockbuster. Oh, right, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but he which says, is actually a brilliant idea. It really is. Which I, I don't, I haven't seen that yet. I just saw them like saying goodbye and him being like the blockbuster is about to start. I don't know what it's going to be, but um, <laughs> you're going to enjoy it. Okay, but when they're sitting, at, I'm looking forward to it. When they're sitting at dinner, and he like cuts up her meat and stuff, and then she, they start talking about like themselves as children, because she talks about how like, you know, her childhood apartment building was there, and they built the amusement park, and she was like, so what were you like at that age, at nine, age nine, when you know when she was you know young too? And he's like, of course that was perfect and excellent and better than everybody else. <laughs> And they kind of both laugh. They kind of, they, they both laugh like it's a joke. And then he's like, but I wasn't that happy back then. So, like, I feel like part of it is just his way of protecting himself from being vulnerable to anybody else. You know, it's not all... Yeah. He's, he's self-aware enough to realize that it's partly a front. And now he's yeah. willing to show that in front of her, which I think is... He's starting to show that in front I think of her. To an, to an, no, I think to an extent, he, he'd always shown that to her. He just hadn't told her actual anecdotes from his past. So like, she doesn't actually know about his relationship with his fam. Uh, uh, you haven't reached that part, damn it. Okay, Anisha, I want to do a bit of speculating about something that has happened in the recent episode. Could you duck out for like a minute and we'll call you back in? <laughs> Okay, but Wait, also like let's just warn our listeners because this is a pretty new drama, right? And we've we've been keeping things, or we were going to try to keep things spoiler free. I guess we're not doing that anymore. But we we look. This is this is we are not going to completely ruin anything, but it's it's a speculation, and we are not, probably not even going to do deep dives on this. So mm. where where else will I talk about okay, this? Okay, okay, sorry. <laughs> just, just, it's fine. Go ahead. I'll just message me in the chat when I'm done talking about it. Okay, it's going to take two minutes. Attention listeners, the next two and a half minutes are extremely spoilery for anybody who has not watched episode four and beyond. Please make good use of your forward button. Okay, diving back in. Saya, so uh, you watched that, right? I did. 
So we thought that there was going to be this entire childhood secret connection thing, which I was, I thought was going to completely ruin the present day relationship. And just when you start assuming that her opa is um, young Jun, she finds out that it's actually his older brother uh, Sang Yun. Okay, I have, I have my own theory here. I also have point. my own theory. Okay, I, so when they I, first, please, may I please, 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 please stop. You can, you can, but just can I, we rewind a moment? Okay, yeah. So you know that part yeah. where she first has the flashback and um, you know the kid says his name and it's E, and then. This, the next syllable you can't yeah. hear it but you see his like his mouth move i like i i initially lip read that as young without without remembering the character's name so yeah, yeah go on to your theory it's probably the same as mine exactly it can't be anything else right like it it i, I genuinely think it was most likely it was young jun who got kidnapped but his old and his older brother was the one who had taken him to the amusement park left him there and ran off and for some reason some year his older brother had developed some kind of a psychological trauma after his younger brother got kidnapped and maybe to save the older brother the parents pressured the younger brother to pretend ke ha whatever narrative uh, Sangyun had sort of built up in his head is the actual narrative just to sort of like maintain his sanity. So that's my thing. Like he's protecting his older brother and that's why he resents his older brother so much and oh. why his older brother resents him. And that's why he says that among the people who can't say whatever it was that uh, Misa said to him, you can't say this to me and my brother can't. You, you can't fuck uh, me. Yeah. Uh, your theory makes much more sense. Mine was not as elaborate as that, but. Mine was just that. It, mine is much more simple. It, that it is um, uh, Youngjun, and that despite what we saw in Misa's apparent flashback, that's her unreliable memory. Um, yeah. And yeah, that for some reason he's hiding the fact that it's him. But and also there was the Kyokage. <laughs> You know the little dog plushie. <laughs> I love the way he. Uh, Anissa, come back. Uh, <laughs> we're done with speculating. <laughs> okay, I'm back. Okay, so we're talking about the hey, plushies. Yeah. I love the plushies. You know the sugar head oh sword and the key. Oh, you have. <laughs> There's another one coming out. It was so. It's just you know I love getting so these jokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, guys, but but did you did you notice that when he was picking up those dolls from the claw machine, there was a snail house uh, a plushie there from Because It's My First Life? Oh, it didn't, you know. It was there, and I was like, I just I watched Because It's My yet, First Life. Is it the same writer or the same director? Yeah, it's it's the same director. Thank God, not the same writer though. Wait, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, now we know what you think. <laughs> I think you're not alone because that's what I think too. <laughs> okay, I th- I think that um, uh, Anissa, do you have any last words to add on Secretary Kim? Because we kind of have spent forever on it. <laughs> My only words are that I am so excited to watch more, and I love these two together. And yay! I do have one kind of one downer comment on this though. Although before the oh, downer comments, I want to add. To I also it. have a downer comment. But go ahead. <laughs> what? How is that possible? What are you so guys have, doing like, to me? Silence. I have like a. I have like a couple of um other remarks I just want to make. So like Itehuan, why are you trying to sell me him as Park Sejun's <laughs> older brother? Don't he, with his baby face. But also, doesn't he really like remind you? Like when he first came out, I was like Ijeun. No, he looks too young. Um, you know, well, I haven't seen the from... older brother yet. Oh, 
Oh right. Um. But uh. Yeah. Okay. Let's not talk about that then. But yeah. It's he's too. He's not old enough to be Puxigen's older brother. But he does resemble. Oh, I don't e. know why they do that. Yeah. Um. True. But also the funniest character. Um. Is always. Um. What's his name? Kang uh, Kang. <laughs> I love. Him. He's amazing. He's correct. The audience shadow game, right? And his reactions are our reactions. And they are right. uh, his best friend, like, who's also the, the president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love him. He's so funny. He's always so good at everything. All oh of his God. scenes, I rewatch them. I just rewind them and rewatch them because they're so funny. And you're like, his expressions are the best. Oh, he's, he's like, so you good. want you propose to her, and then he starts <laughs> laughing like a maniac. And then he's like staring at him with his glare, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, no, of course. <laughs> Of course, you would have that reaction. Such an amazing cast of side characters. I, I can't think of a single one that I would, I, I, I don't want on screen. Oh I want no, there all is, of them on there screen. is one I really don't like. Oh gosh, I can't remember what. Uh, oh, uh, Huang Bora. You know Bong well, like Sarah, her. the she's, the she's one a... with the curly. Oh no, I really yeah, don't yeah. like her. Bong Sarah. Yeah, she's. Uh, I really Who don't like play? her character. Um, she plays Bong Sarah. She plays the excessively dramatic office worker. Yeah. But she's just the one who wanted the secretary position. Right. And she's yeah, 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 yeah. She's yeah. over exaggerated, and I don't feel like there's any like. She's just annoying. It's also, <laughs> yeah, it's a point. It seems to be a pointless character. Yeah, like a totally pointless time. character. Yeah. Like in the beginning, you're like, well, uh, most of the secretaries, I don't understand the stories, but then it all comes together. But she's still this character that I just don't want to hear whenever she's on screen. Just like, oh, please be quiet. And because mm-hmm. she's not like that's not like her natural character. She's obviously, you know. Also, yeah. And am I am I mistaken in thinking that this um the new character Kim Jia, the new secretary, wasn't she the um the scandalous yeah. love interest from yeah. Fight My Way? Yes. Of the she you was, know, she the, was, the, the best was, friend. Oh God, yeah. Yeah. That's the girl who was in her. pink. Yeah, and the one who he like almost cheated on his. Yeah. Uh, that that sweet the girlfriend. The one who yeah. cheated on 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 uh, right. Sora. 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 Yeah. best friend. I can't remember his name now. But yeah. Um, yeah, neither can I. I can just remember Sora. Yeah, she's, that's her, she's, right? She's that's an interesting nice character here. She's cute. Yeah, she's, she's yeah, very cute, and she doesn't seem to have any underlying menace, which I really appreciate because the whole, you know, like office uh, sort of like female bitchiness is just really overdone. I like really that her character is pretty straightforward. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, my okay. only down. Oh, I, my only so <laughs> Go on Do you have sentence oh, again? I, I haven't actually. I haven't actually said my downer yet. <laughs> Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> <A bit> more. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but do you want to go first? Go ahead. I can, okay. Go ahead, Saya. Um, so slightly sort of down a comment is that as it's getting on, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of momentum in it. Like, as individual scenes, everything is great, but like as a coherent whole, it feels like it's lacking a bit of tension and like I'm enjoying it. I enjoy watching all of it, but I do feel like it could be more tight and a bit more like upping the tension. I don't know. Don't okay. murder me, no. Prisperma. She's about to. She's about to murder me. This is my perfect drama. Maybe I'm. Maybe you're gonna have a problem with what I'm gonna say too, then, because um, maybe I'm wrong. But I'm like, <laughs> I'm like a third of the way through episode three, and like. I really hate when there's a childhood connection between the leads. That's one of my oh, like. Really... That that's cool. That's cool. Like, you can okay. have that. I, I mean, it's very, I mean, they haven't come out and said it, but it's pretty obvious. And I'm just like, why? 
play. And and the oh, actually, I don't know uh, if we can say this part with any listening, but never mind. We already discussed it in the spoiler part. Yeah, we we, we already discussed it, and when Anissa uh, listens to this, yeah, she'll she'll know what we discussed. Exactly, because she'll be caught up by then. <laughs> I'll commiserate. <laughs> I think we need to move on to the next drama now. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Um, What's next? Walk of Love. Okay. Let's go to Walk of Love next. Yes, oh, Walk of Love, which I have not watched. Sorry. Oh, what? <laughs> that, that's been preempted uh, this week for the World Cup, so I'm kind of... Um, in the hazy memory land of what's actually happened, but I'm still loving it. It's still completely cute and insane. And poor Jang Hyuk. Yeah, I'm only I'm only like I've just begun episode 14, but I also have pretty much the same feelings. It's weird because when I'm watching it, it's so crazy and so funny and so interesting and like I don't want to stop. And then like when I go away from it, I kind of forget about it. Yeah. That's, I can I, I kind of just want the three of them to live happily forever. And, you know, Jang-hyuk is just, like, Hyung, and he's, like, their godfather. And the other two are just his little uh, herd. I just want them to be happy forever. I really yeah. like his character in this. <laughs> it's weird, because I'm not really too... Now that I know that my OTP is not happening... <laughs> You're not invested in our um, lonely gangster and our poor jilted bride, I just don't... I just am not invested in the romance anymore. I just want them to, like, be happy in whatever way. I'm invested in their kind of um, three-way love connection that is not romantic, but just this this three-way family, because all three of them, like, need family so badly. That's right. And, yeah... I just want them to be happy. Doesn't Jungkook already have one? Oh, yeah, she does. That is true. The gangster. (laughs) Yeah, the gangster group. (laughs) Well, technically speaking, the only person who's who's completely alone then is, like, Pung. But then, yeah, no, but, like, uh, I can't talk anymore because I've become completely incoherent. (laughs) (laughs) I know what you mean. She also has a family that cares about her. But they're so Even like lost. It's or, like it's not about yeah. it's not about whether you like f- have a physical existence of family, but that kind of emotional loneliness that the three of them have. And actually, yeah. like to be honest, um, like Pung's character, I'm not as um, attached to or drawn in by as the other two. Um, and those two, it's like they're so magnetic, and mm-hmm. like every interaction they have with every character is just so like rich so I'm, you can't see me but i'm nodding because i very i agree so, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's like it's all about the relationships in, in this show i think what is not it, like i really like it i think what's keeping me from being like giddy over the moon about the show is that even though it's kind of a three-lead drama, but Pung seems to be kind of the center of the whole story and to be the hero, and, like, he's fine. And, like, I love Jun Ho, but it's not... I don't know. I'm not, like, as a 100% all-in with him as I am with the other two. And I'm not sure what it is. I'm sorry, the guy is, like, so solely disadvantaged when he was cast right next to Jung Hyuk. It just, like, it just so unfair. This is true. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. He had no chance of that. Especially, now. yeah, especially because he's such a generic, um, like, angsty, genius, 
who has fallen yeah, on hard yeah, times and he's like a grumpy chef. Yeah, he's like very shouty. And then on the other hand, you have Jung Hyuk who's like extremely weird, super nice, hilarious, <laughs> so charismatic. He has that little thing where like he only takes sunglasses off when he wants to be sincere. He's like head over heels in love with the hair. Like it's just, there's no competition. There really is. And then he has like this little group of like younger guys that are like following him around and worship and all, all the, the time. And all the people he takes so under his wing. And then like, right. you know, he takes Pung under his wing and Pung calls him Hyung on his own. Like they don't have to force him. Uh, he just, he genuinely recognizes nice. this, you know, this Hyung is like, he he's like, uh, what is it called? He's like gold. And, mm. like, usually, you you know, they'd be beaten into showing respect, but he doesn't. He's He recognizes his worth immediately. And, and yeah, that part... Yeah, the breakfast scene where, he, like, they exchange, like, he washes his hair, and then he makes him breakfast, then he calls him young, and then he leaves. I was just like, oh. <laughs> and, and that part, like, a bit later, I don't know if you've got to this yet, but when he finally, like, uh, uh, trying to say this in Korean, when he confesses to... Um, Oh, oh gosh, what's her name? Uh, Jung Young's character. I haven't character. seen that part yet. Oh, no, and he. I'm not there am yet. I gonna? Is it gonna be too spoil? It is a spoiler. Um, except we know it's coming. I mean, I already know he likes her. Okay, yeah, so he so says, okay. "I I like you, but as much as I like you, I like Young. So I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. This is as far as I'm going. So it's like his like for the two of them competes. Um, you know, it's competing, and and he actually makes that choice. Like, for Hyung's sake. So he's like, he's a marshmallow. He look, you know, he's all spiky on the outside, but he's a completely, like, he's a complete marshmallow on the inside. Okay. So you're Aww. saying I'll love him more as, as it progresses, I guess. You won't, I mean, he, I, I still agree that he's not the same level of drawing you in as the other two. But he's definitely a great character. Not mm. at the same level. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Is that a good place oh. to leave it? Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah. And I want to talk about uh, Are You Human 2. Uh, oh, yeah. I, Tell us about this. Because I, I haven't watched it I yet. I just started watching. Yeah, I just started watching it. I'm just into, I think, the second hour. I think I've watched like hour and a half. Because they have those, you know, the, the single hour being split into two episode uh, format with this one. Mm. So it's a little confusing. Mm. So, um, and I... At this point, like, do you guys know the basic premise of the uh, uh, premise of the uh, drama? Like, you, you yes. know the story, right? Mm. Okay, cool. So, uh, Namshin, the uh, robot, at this point has uh, gone and replaced uh, Namshin, the human, and he's trying to adjust to that world. Um, but it just, I, from the very first episode, they they are they have been pulling my heartstrings so damn hard. The, it, the, it, I can tell already that I'm going to get super, I'm already super attached to Namshin. And by the way, we were making fun of um, Sokam Jun uh, in the last year. I wasn't, and Issa was. <laughs> it was all me. <laughs> I will take all of, the, all of the flack for that. But it, it's, he's surprisingly emotive here. Like you, I am... I'm seriously attached to this robot, okay? And I, I know he's going to make me cry. This is one of those dramas. And the music is spot on. I don't know what the lyrics are. I can't even figure out the language. But it, the, the tune is spot on. And it's already like, kind of like all, you know, getting me prepped up for the theory scenes. It's, it's going to happen. But weirdly, um, Kang Sung-yoon, um, Kang Sung-yoon? Sung-yoon, yeah. Kang Sung-yoon? Are you talking about yeah, the actress? 
the actress. The actress from Sohoku. Gong Seungyeon. Gong Seungyeon. Yeah. Um, she is, her character is, her character is this feisty bodyguard slash amoral con woman type person. And like, it's fine. But her character doesn't have much of a flavor. She has this weird vendetta against the, like, not a weird, it's a justified vendetta against Namshin. But it, it stems from this stupid situation where she got herself into, like, it was as much her fault as his. And I just don't understand why she is so determined to hate the guy. And mm. But that's her plot. And I'm not very invested in her. I, I Whenever her scenes come up, I kind of just want her to move away so I can get more of Namshin 3, which is Aww. the... <laughs> Bro, Namjian, and he's oh my god, supremely adorable as he, and he's like a very humane, and that sounds odd, but he's he's more human than the actual human Namshin. and he is soft, and he is kind, and he thinks positively of the world, and he's polite. So he has to be taught how to be the arrogant human Namshin. and him trying to mimic the human Namshin is like the funniest thing, and. Again, heartbreak material. I know this is going to. Yeah, oh, I have said that. You should that. go yeah. and read the thread. You should go and read the thread on Twitter by the author. Who is that YA author? Well, I've Sarah. Already done that. Yeah, Did yeah, you read that. it? It's very. Yeah. It's very. It's also echoing your feelings. Yeah, I finished watching the first two episodes and I went and read the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I find it. I find it kind of fascinating that. Um, like for example with I'm not a robot we had the the person making the robot it was like you know the ex-boyfriend of the image of the robot but um, in this it's the mother that makes the robot so that like throws in a whole different relationship thingy yeah it's not objectifying the way it was in um, I'm not a robot in this one it's more like the the mother is so and and it's the her son is torn away from her at a very young age through some horrible machinations and she's trying to cope with her grief and she's this genius i don't know bio engineer because i don't even know what field she's in but she's into bio robotics and she builds the child to sort of give herself something to hold on to while she figures out how to get her son back so and basically are, you're just primed for heartbreak from the get-go like you're just gonna cry you know how, from the beginning. you know how the drama gets you they don't start with uh Seo Kang Joon playing Namshin 3 no they start with little toddler Namshin and then they give you teenager Namshin and then they give you and it's like the these robotic Namshins are they they love uh Aurora like uh that's Kim Sung Ryeon, who's playing the mother, they love her. They they are programmed to love her, and they are sweet and they are kind, and they, that just thing like, stabs you in the heart because you know sooner or later the the Namshin's heart's gonna break. And okay, I'm really I'm really wow. interested in this. Podcast. So wait, so wait, is this like she has made multiple robots at different ages, or does the robot grow somehow? No, no, no. She's made three different bodies oh, at different okay. ages and she's just downloaded uh, his memories into like the, the first, the child Namshin was developed into a teenager Namshin and then his memory and his, I don't know, I suppose his brain was downloaded into the It still sounds a little creepy. It, I suppose it is. However, it's 
it's look i have no objection to her holding on to her child's memory and and recreating him like this what i would heavily object to is her putting him in danger and not caring about his welfare when she gets her son back and now i have not reached that section yet i don't know if that is what go, it happens but that's human nature i suppose that you will prefer your own flesh and blood to the you know thing forever and yeah. that you created yeah and i i i know that is coming most likely that is how these these tropes work and i am yeah, bracing myself for that the thing i is, don't I, yeah know. like it's still a little bit creepy but in this situation like and i'm not a robot you feel sorry for the girl whose ex-boyfriend has made her likeness into a robot mm-hmm. and it's creepy but in this it's a little creepy but you feel sorry for the mother who's been kind of Yeah, driven and she's, to doing and she's, this rather I than her son. She loves, she loves Namshin 3. It's not like she doesn't love her robotic creation. She she loves and she's very protective of him. So it's, it's not sad. like she's uncaring. Yeah, and they have to, they have a relationship that's completely separate from and then he makes her smile and when she cries he's programmed to hug her. And that's just it's okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I haven't watched this one but I remember watching um and this is a little bit different but I, wa- I remember watching um the Zetai Kareshi the Japanese absolute boyfriend it was like a manga and then they made it into a drama and it's, it's basically like a, about to become a K-drama too. It is about to become a K-drama and like despite the weird premise of this teenage girl being like accidentally sent like A, a a naked ro- robot that's supposed to be like a romantic <laughs> robot if you know what i mean but she yeah. ends up being like put clothes on and i don't like she's like so innocent she's like no i i'm not doing that with you and he's like okay <laughs> and then but then she like he becomes a really big part of her life cuz he's always there like saving her and doing things for her and helping her and he wants to make her happy and then like but ultimately it's tragic because like she can't love him and he's not a real person. So like that one made me cry a lot. Cuz so I don't think that's the, the crux of all that, robot like, dramas. Oh, I, I can handle. Hmm? That's kind of the crux of all the robot dramas, isn't it? It's that yeah. the robot will never be human. Except except by Sentinel Man, which is what I want this one to be. Okay? He can grow up. He can be downloaded into another body. So I want the like, ending to be happy, please. I don't know how but yeah, he gives me another bicentennial man. <laughs> well, we'll we'll check back in with you once you finish and we'll see if you've like destroyed on the piece. You guys are going to abandon me with this. Seriously, am I not to have any emotional support when I go through this? Well, I'm I'm going to start. I just haven't had time yet, so it's it's still on my list. So maybe I'll be suffer with on the you, same boat. <laughs> I always suffer. I'm sure I'll suffer. <laughs> Okay. Uh, oh, uh, uh, yeah, sketch. Uh, you watched that, right? Oh, sketch. Yeah, I'm not quite up to date. I'm a few episodes behind, but I did like I overcame my fear um, of how many of all the terrible things that would happen. I'm about five. I've watched five episodes, okay. so I'm at a, quite an exciting point. So what's really um, it's it's brutal. I mean, it's OCN, right? So they don't hold back yeah. on on the brutality, and I forgot. how hard a time i have with with you know that kind of violence so half the time i'm like covering my eyes and then they still have they had this one fight scene which in the beginning i was like oh cool fight scene and then it kept on going i was like not cool stop <laughs> and then they replayed it at the beginning of the next episode and it's oh. full glory and you're like i mean i don't know if anyone else has followed my um twitter live commentary on uh-huh. watching bad guys which by the way i've given up on because too many fight scenes but 
I, I like, you know, I like action dramas. But there's a point where you're like, now you're just gratuitously, just like, I don't know, stylizing your fight. Yeah. And, like, and I also feel like yeah, with OCN, because it's action is kind of their brand and it has been from the beginning, they like really lean heavily into the action. But there is, you know, too much of a good thing. Yeah. And then it becomes No, not I don't disagree, thing. but I'm just saying maybe that's why. It's not even interesting. Like I'm bored. This is this would have been interesting if it were like, you know, a quarter of the length. Anyway, no more about the fight parts because the actual plot part I'm I'm really into it. So, um you've got there are like two different uh seers. So one of them is Isonbin's character and she like goes into these trances um, like she's overtaken by uh, a trance in which she like you know sketches um, f- uh, crime scenes um, uh, and clues like they're really cryptic and they like um, they'll show scenes but they'll be like maybe it will be clearly like something like a murder scene or it will be like a picture of something random like a piece of paper on the floor with uh, in a back ground and then they have to run these images through the computer where they try to get clues from the pictures so the rule is that whatever she draws uh, it comes true within three days always without fail so it's never not come true um so on the one hand you've got uh, a police team and she's a uh, she's a detective so you've got um a police team who work on solving or preventing or trying to prevent crimes based on her uh, sketches uh, and on the other hand you've got that character who is the uh, the dark character which is um Edungun's character is that his name yep and Rain surprisingly is really good in this I don't know why that's surprising I just I didn't expect him to be that good I've only seen him in a few dramas he's usually um, pretty good yeah, I mean, because it's a really quite a dark, gritty character, and he has a lot of emotional gravity. So, like, you know, he's he's very compelling to watch. Mm. Um, and because he experiences, he, he and Idangon, both of them experience a similar loss, uh, almost due to the same uh, circumstance as well. But they take completely opposite, um, like their their paths op- uh, diverge in almost opposite ways. Um, although. It gets like complicated and revengey, but they're 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 nemeses basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're at that part where they've confronted each other, they know each other's identities, and where Idungon is trying to his uh, method is oh, he's the uh, he's been taken under the <coughs> um, I guess protection of the <coughs> other seer who is this older guy who has dreams. So he, he has a similar power to Isongbin's, except he uses it to eliminate people. So, you know, so no justice world, for him. Mm-hmm. So is this a world in which, like, people having, you know, pre-cognitive no. powers is just regular and no one mm, says anything about it? No, or is it still... no. They're both okay. complete, like, you know, anomalies. So it's not like an mm-hmm. accepted thing. Thingies. And okay, nobody okay. even knows about the second guy. Um, so... They cross paths a lot, and they're figuring out how they're connected to each other, and how they can sort of um, fight fate. And you know, uh, there's a lot of talk about the causality principle and like you know, cause and effect, mm-hmm. and whether what what 
you do the choice that you make at this point, whether it causes the thing that happens at the next point and all of that. So it's like philosophically really interesting, but it's also sort of plotishly very interesting too. Mm -hmm. Some people have said that, like I read a couple of comments on Twitter and stuff, that they're finding it boring and repetitive. I haven't got there yet. I'm still finding it pretty, pretty interesting. And I find the plotting is tight and well constructed as well. Like it's an internally consistent world. So would you feel, do you think that the um, procedural side of it is more satisfying or the character side is more satisfying or are they both kind of doing I think both. They're both, good job? Yeah, they're both. They're both woven together really well. The tension is really good. Um, I, oh, it's it's a good show. That's, yeah, I'm finding yeah. it a good show right now, apart from the overextended fight scenes. Mm-hmm. Cool. And you've, uh, you've just watched the Suits finale, right? Uh, oh, yeah, I did. I've got to say, I don't think that <laughs> it was it was such a great cast and such a great idea, but I'm not sure that the American drama model suits the K drama model. Um, like for example Bon this... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say good plan. <laughs> I actually didn't intend it, but why not? Um <laughs> At the end, I found it, like, I was watching it, and it wasn't boring, but it was kind of bland. It's like, you know, you've ate a meal, it wasn't, it wasn't bad, but it could have done with a bit more salt. Mm. So that's mm. what it was like. Like, if I didn't watch it, I don't think I'd have missed anything. Yeah. But I'm not at yeah. the point of, oh, I want my 16 hours back, but... But it's a shame when you have, you know, um, I had higher those two actors as yeah. your main cast. That's exactly. a shame. Exactly. Had much higher expectations. Yeah. Maybe that's my fault. Speaking <laughs> of high, having high expectations, Boroma. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you want to yeah. tell us about Because This Was My First Life? Yeah, sure. I'll tell you. Okay, so... Um, a little context to this, you guys have been talking about how amazing this drama is for freaking six months now. Okay, it's been eating my head that I have this on my watch list and I haven't finished watching it. And also, it has like Lee Minky and I haven't seen him in anything since I watched... Um, Shut up, Flower Boy Band. Dalja. Huh? Dalja String. Shut up, Flower Boy Band. You watched him in that after though, just no, but he was just a he was just cameo there and he didn't he just went and died. That fine, even fine, count. fine. I think you just ruined a couple of people's lives, but carry oh, on. Because uh, <laughs> they haven't watched it. But, yet. Okay, I'm sorry, it's been enough years if you haven't watched it. No, yeah, no, no. Yeah, exactly. Of course that, that's, that's at it. this point it's like somebody telling you that, oh, you know what, Gominam is a girl and you're beautiful and you're like, what? <laughs> Not quite at that level, but I mean, <laughs> good one. So yeah, Lee Min Ki, I wanted to watch his, and um, for some reason I didn't recognize um Jang So Min, uh, from the posters. Like I'd see, I I had seen her in Father is Strange, but I like she had very short hair and spectacles. I don't know. It was like a Clark Kent and Superman thing. I couldn't recognize her without the specs. <laughs> Anyway, and also her character was pretty different here. But um, initially, not initially, okay, honestly, till episode 12 or 13, I was full in. Man, I love this drama so much. That basically is all of us. Yeah, <laughs> I think everyone's really, um, experience was pretty similar to that. What the hell happened around 13 and 14? Like, exactly. Johnson's character, Jiho, suddenly turned... 
I don't even know what happened to her. Retained? Yeah. Did did she suddenly get brain damage? She why did she even take that stupid money passbook thing from her father-in-law? And how did that affect her worldview with anything? She was having a lovely slow burn romance with Kanak. I had no idea. It made no so, sense. Nobody knows. We will feel betrayed. So <laughs> and then she runs off and hurts him, and I do not understand. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh yeah, uh, sorry guys. We had to cut off there because um my computer is suffering from the paltry English heat wave. Um and it does not have an internal sweating system unlike me. I'm sitting here like cooking, but the computer just died. But luckily, oh my goodness, luckily we didn't lose the recording. So now we're just picking up yes, but Burma Burma's emotions have now cooled, so she will quickly <laughs> tell us why she hates the end. <laughs> It just made no sense. Yeah, it made no sense. I hated it. It completely reversed like everything the characters they just turned into poopy pants. So, yeah, exactly. She went into this pseudo abstract I don't know, abstractism is that even a thing? Right. It was like meant to be some kind of transcendental realization of like wow, I have discovered the truth of life, except it didn't. That's the thing. If she had suddenly realized that she was scared of having a relationship that was so serious and it was like something basic and simple like that of and like okay but the writer was trying to make it sound like something so um high-minded and you know mature and you know like and it's like it was the opposite yeah it it was like something an 18 year old wrote as an ideal ending yeah i know it was so but a mature just, adult just... would not <laughs> yeah but the it, beginning it was, was so well written, yes. so it makes no sense. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like it hadn't been that drama all along, and then suddenly it came to the end, and it was like, hold on, you just like that whole yeah. first eighty uh, percent of the drama just went out of the window. Yeah, and the beginning was so smart and interesting, and full of interesting details, and the everything was done so, like you and could tell like, that the writer yeah, like, had plotted it out so meticulously, and uh, there was so much attention given to everything, and then all of a sudden it was just like what. Uh, yeah i'm still angry and what enraged me was that they were basically saying like if you if you take all of the extra bullshit out of what she was saying it came down to all of a sudden after that meeting with her father in law it was not even after she met um uh, say he's ex because that was just like a, a, a complete like non conflict like that mm. was that was nothing and she i really like that she told uh, the woman that like if you still have feelings for him then we are basically going to be enemies and they both like acknowledged that their like their current emotions and they just left it at that and i loved it up till that point everything was fine and then she went and met her father in law and i don't know what epiphany happened there and this woman went insane totally insane because the entire gist of what her issue is at least from what she was telling us was basically that she could not see any emotions in sehi and that he never cried in front of her she had never seen him be angry so she was was he even human did he even feel anything for her did she even feel anything for him and she was going to find out all of this stuff by running away and not even going anywhere just yeah. out of his sight so that he suffers yeah it's like you were going to go somewhere but you didn't even go anywhere like what was that even about for no reason it still makes me mad because bullshit ever also and it's like 
it's like, I think I might love you, so I'm going to leave and see if your right. heart breaks. And then that means that you really love me, and it's okay for me to love you. Like, what the hell? It just made no sense. I don't and the worst part And then they tied it all up with a... Sorry, say that again. It, it was just, like, she, she derailed the entire thing. Just when he was opening up to her, he was showing emotions to her. They were having... This slow burn romance was just starting to bloom. Yeah. And then she just went and ruined it. I, 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 okay. Okay, I've just opened my notes to see what I really thought at the time. <laughs> what did you think at the time? <laughs> oh, looks like I was so angry I didn't write anything. And Oh, no, unless I wrote it in my email. <laughs> yeah, I must have written it, was... it in my email. <laughs> but then when she comes back and then she's like, sorry, I shouldn't have left you. And he's like, it's okay. And I'm like, that's it? <laughs> Yeah, and also, by the way, I felt, I felt, I felt so bad that he sold the apartment, uh, the, yeah, apartment, yeah, that was, he was, he had worked so, and I understood I the significance of it, like, we all understood that that was the basic uh, uh, premise, right, like, he needed that house as security because his father had, like, leveraged security to, uh, take away his choice from him, he never wanted that to happen to him again, so he, that house symbolized, security to him and to uh, Yoonji Ho as well so then he goes and sells the house and it just what I mean yeah. why like why <laughs> uh, and also the one thing that I did not understand about this drama is why were you constantly pitting the cat against Jiho okay his emotions towards the cat can be completely independent of any emotions he has towards the girl like why does why, what the hell was that like that was the one episode like in the middle of the drama that I was a little confused about was that he was like she had been pseudo kidnapped by this very hot younger boy and the, the pseudo kidnapped was <laughs> going to pick up the cat from the veterinary clinic and the hot boy was like does he even know where you are does he even care if something bad happens to you and she is like she can't answer but then again he doesn't know where she is and more importantly he has to go pick up the cat from the vet clinic i mean the clinic is gonna close at seven but he's running off to rescue her from her pseudo kidnap and then we don't even know how the cat got back home because he <laughs> jokes that she took a taxi what does that mean? I just I found one note. Uh, I'm I'm now browsing my email drafts where I write notes when I'm not on my own computer. So for your uh, entertainment, episode nine, note: all I do while I watch this show is screen cap the cat. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very it's a cute cat. cat. <laughs> oh, you remember there was that one scene where they're like having this serious, serious conversation, and the cat is like in the background, like getting into this shelf and like squiggling around and yeah. like, I'm just watching this for the cat drama I don't care about the humans <laughs> yeah the cat was very comfortable on the set that was a yeah. good cat so okay so that was the main lead to be fair I actually like the other two romantic stories like Isom and Park Byung-yoon's uh, romance oh, I no, like that oh no do you know what I completely went... I hated the ending of all of the couples all of them like what? the oh gosh I can't remember the characters names now but you know uh, was it Kim in the they should have broken up and yeah. uh, Isom oh, sorry yeah, yeah. They she was uh, different ways. she was a no marriage like no to marriage all the way through and then suddenly at the end she's like yes 
like they just everyone was tied up in a neat bow in boxes that were not the right size for them. Like everyone is getting married in the end, but it didn't fit the characters. It was just it had this ending forced on it. And the thing that I really hated was where they left um Sehi and what's her name? Jung Sum I can't remember the character's name. What's the character's name? Jiho. Oh, Jiho. Uh, where they left um, Sehi and Jiho's relationship, where it was like the way they dealt with all of the complexities of relation, uh, their relations and things like that was just by disappearing. Real life doesn't work that way. Yeah, you cannot I, I disappear. Yeah. You have responsibilities. You have duties. You you know, elders do need honouring. You might not like it, but like there's a certain amount of social duty you have in... You know, in everything, it, relationships have duties. They just do, and you can't. I don't yeah. know what world you exist in where you don't have those. It just—it was like, and the word that came to mind was just irresponsible and immature. That's not how a grown-up relationship works. I mean, they weren't abusive. And oh, it was okay. sh- they were a little bit abusive sometimes, but like you know, they weren't. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Anyway. But not really. I mean, I I went into this thing imagining that there there were going to be really abusive. Oh no! Wait, wait, no! I'm confusing. Getting normal. I'm confusing. Laws. Fight my way. Hold on. Not 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 abusive at all. Right. right. They were not abusive. They were just complex. Yeah, you know, people were, are complicated. They have histories. They have their own exactly. Um, you know, difficulties and things that you know that you brush. Uh, you know, you butt heads with each other about things. About people are not smooth surfaces. You're always gonna sort of um, encounter the the rough edges of other people just because that's life. But yeah, yeah to say that like, the solution to that, that I... was to dis- to just like cut yourself off. That's not sorry. That's at, not a solution. at some point though. Like at at some point in the drama, like during one of the I don't know million voiceovers, uh, they somebody said that um, everybody's perspective is valid. Like when your in-laws expect you to do something, they they that I mean, or when they have certain hopes for you, that that's a valid expectation. That those are valid hopes. I'm sorry. Wait, hold on. Am I confusing this with the Japanese one? Uh, oh yeah, I sure. think they said this in the <laughs> Japanese one, not in the not in the Korean. I would say about Damn about it, the Korean one, the voiceovers. By the end, they were just. I wanted to punch my screen in because they were trying to present these thoughts as profound but they were not profound they were just like navel gazing and um yeah pretentious pretentious without being meaningful a particularly egregious uh, example of that was probably when um jiho and is sitting with um say he's ex in that that wall wall climbing club thing where anyway they randomly were sitting and having a date apparently um and she and and they have this conversation where she's like i'm divorcing say he and the ex kind of looks sad for them she's like i i wished you guys had a happy ending and she's like is that the kind of person you are i thought you were more modern does divorced mean an unhappy ending and she just goes on in this vein and then she walks off all smug that was so weird. Yeah. 
she intended to go back to say he anyway she intended to have a relationship with him and later on marry him anyway so what what was the point of that completely so bullshit philosophy my note on that part says when women are incomprehensible the thing about jiho <laughs> though that i now that i look back on it like she just quits when she doesn't when she's having a hard time mm-hmm. you know like yeah. um where where then she had that really terrible experience with the um the director who assaulted her which mm-hmm. of course yeah. you're justified if you want to leave But then after that she like she gets a job at a coffee shop and she like she's like yeah I'm not going to even write anymore. Like I thought your whole identity was that you're a writer. Like aren't we like the whole beginning part she's talking about how like she's always wanted to be a writer. I was just she was in high school and it's like who she is and then all of a sudden like she doesn't even you know like she doesn't even think about doing something else. Like maybe if she doesn't want to do dramas anymore but like she's just completely cut that off. and she just is going to be at this coffee shop forever and then when things get that. difficult with say he then oh, she just why leaves. didn't she why didn't she work for uh, say he's ex because she told say he's ex that it was not about uh, their old relationship right. if it was not about their relationship then why wouldn't she sign the contract with the company like her yeah. company helped her fight her uh, right. uh, that ass- assault her guy that made no sense i know they were like so that problem got i mean that trauma obviously can't go away so easily but she made it her able to re-enter the industry and i felt like before she was saying that that was a problem is that she didn't have a way to go back cuz nobody would hire her because she was blacklisted or whatever but so that problem yeah. was solved so then why did she say no i don't get it yeah, and apparently they were friends so how did it was nothing made sense yeah exactly because- Yeah, especially because so much of the drama was about like finding yourself and you know because it's called because it's my first life. So it's all about like taking these challenges on for the first time and hopefully learning something and moving on and you know next time you'll be more experienced. So like it's just I don't know. It was very disappointing. You know how you guys keep saying that Jiho's uh, uh, character is escapist and their decisions in the end was escapist? So um the the uh, Japanese original though again like it was loosely like the Korean one was loosely adapted um loosely from it is not exactly is, uh, inspired I'm sorry yeah loosely inspired is more accurate yeah and but um the interesting thing about it is that uh, there the other name like the the official name that they go with um is okay I I cannot pronounce it Nigeru wa Haji Daga <laughs> Nitatsu I'm so sorry I apologize for even trying that um but the english um uh, translations that they have they have several one is we married as a job but the other ones are um running away is shameful but helpful which is a line from the drama and the other one is the the full time wife escapist so the like, huh. escapism and uh, running away it's like it's a theme inside that drama and 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 the, but then again in in the japanese one which is like an 11 episode drama without all of this like extra like bullshit philosophy it's it's very it's not navel gazy at all it, it really faces up to what it actually is which is that they entered a, a contract relationship because the girl wants a job not a place to live because her parents are happy to support her but She wants. She desperately wants a job. She's an over-educated um, university graduate or postgraduate, and she doesn't have a job in this particular market. And she's like, she just wants to be good at something and earn for herself. And she starts housekeeping for this guy. 
and um, she finds out that she's good at this job and this guy who's very quiet and very particular about things he's very happy with her work and at one point because she and like this girl shows too crazy unlike jiho's bizarre strain of crazy which just pops up out of nowhere um mikuri <laughs> moriyama she she had like she suddenly and boldly risks things by by saying saying certain things or or proposing certain things that people get taken aback by and she's having this conversation with her employer which is um hiramasa uh, uh chizaki yeah um and he's this like computer nerd he's very good at what he does but he's very socially awkward and he never expects to get married he's never had a girlfriend and he's 35 years old his everybody's like everybody like nobody expects him to get married or ever been in a relationship and he's very quiet and and he just wants to be left alone and she's very good at her job at making sure that she doesn't intrude in a space so they fit each other so they were having a conversation and she suddenly says that look my parents are moving away i won't be able to do this job anymore why don't you marry me but as a job so i can be a stay at home housekeeper and you can pay me a salary but i'll basically be your housekeeper but socially approved and uh, so they enter a contract marriage and they are both very happy with it like she has a full time job that she likes to do she and he is a very good employer like she has a good salary good time off and all of that stuff so that's how the contract marriage starts off but it's also that like hiramasa would never have been able to uh, get into any relationship like in any other way and mikuri is a psych major right she she uh, analyzes everyone so she figures out very quickly that uh, one of the issues hiramasa has why why he can't uh, befriend women is because he has an inferiority complex and that he runs away if, if he feels threatened and she approaches him very gently and it's just it's it's again a slow burn but done properly Yeah, I I agree with all your points and I watched I actually didn't watch the last episode because I was watching it as it was airing. So, um the the subs weren't ready and then I kind of forgot to go back cuz I was waiting. But I don't know how it ends, but I feel really I really agree that they approached it in a really down-to-earth but sweet way and it was very practical and both of them were very practical about it. It wasn't as like it wasn't trying to be so like literary in the negative sense, the way that because this life is your first was trying it was like trying too hard to be profound and that actually made it less profound in the end in my opinion whereas uh, like we married as a job was so simple and so sincere and so quirky and funny but it ended up being actually really profound at least the part that i watched that's true that is exactly that throughout till the finale and the and the dance at the end which is oh the, the uh, yeah the tune is still stuck in my head <laughs> okay so that wraps up our watching dramas so i guess we're going to move yeah. on to news now then okay news yes. so the completely not yay news is an update on what we talked about last time which is uh yoon kyun sung's casting opposite kim yoo jung in clean with passion for now has been confirmed so Ugh. not yay <laughs> are you guys yeah. going to watch it oh um by the way related to that i said initially that about time um despite the age difference it didn't feel very creepy to me in the first episode but um subsequently no i really really can't take the, that particular pairing it just the age difference has become glaring and it's just is it the age difference or is it the actor it's that the girl is is very Her personality is very young. This particular character. 
and whereas like she is dealing with something that's making her mature because like death is something that would mature you faster but her life experience makes her much younger than um the guy so it's i don't know i'm really not liking this pairing at this point so yeah i remember when i was watching whisper which was it last year or something I can't even remember when it was it was so horrible um isangyun was basically horrible like i i hate and um uh, i love so good in uh, tw- 20 it? again 20 again that's and, right and and liar game like i love those two yeah, but it's one thing to pair him with ebo young or, or even like in 20 again where he was paired with someone his own age but it's another thing to pair him with uh, isang young Liar game which didn't i mean it didn't have a romance but uh, kim soon i think um we were shipping them it was about the character and how he played it but he was just he was boring and um unlikable and unrelatable in whisper he just had a really horrible character so that's why i'm wondering is it the actor or is it like the visual pairing is it the characters it's it's a, it's slightly the visual pairing and also because he doesn't have a very fleshed out character i don't understand his motives or why he's doing what he's doing why he's feeling any emotions for this girl i'm not getting any of it so at this point it feels just a little bit like as if like he likes that she needs him Oh, and no. that just makes yeah. it the no, dynamics no. not oh. not okay. Yeah. yeah. So so going back to clean with a passion for you. Saya was asking are we going to watch it? I don't think so. Unless I start hearing really amazing things about it, I don't think so. Want to try out the first episode just for the girl because I like her. I so really much. like Kimmy Jack so much. True. Yeah. Yeah. Like okay, I love let's her. agree that we'll watch the first episode and and then we'll talk about it and then we'll decide. Yeah. So the next thing is uh Kim Hee has a new film coming out um about comfort women that's releasing next week. Um Oh the Japanese sleeve. Yeah, um, exactly. Um and she yeah. did this a uh, pretty interesting interview where she talked about um like people were surprised that she took a role like that. And she was and in in that um interview she talked about how uh how sparse uh rich three-dimensional characters are for older women. I found that a really interesting. And so, yeah. so rarely are they main characters, you know. It'll be exactly. like a, a mother or like a side character. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And and the theme of the film, you know, I uh, sort of outside of the podcast, I think we've spoken we've talked about the comfort women, Japanese occupation and stuff kind of uh, yeah. amongst ourselves quite a bit. So yeah. and it's a really uh distressing uh history to to learn about as well. Um I don't know if I'm the best person to handle this. I'm probably going to hand over to Anissa to to explain what that is. Um sure. So it's basically the if you haven't heard about comfort women, it's what people generally refer to as the basically Japanese um army during the World War 2 period and basically I think I think it was yeah, it was during World War 2 they kidnapped a whole bunch of women from Korea and Singapore and the Philippines and like all these areas where they were you know where they had colonized and were were basically had taken over these other countries and they kidnapped these young women and they forced them to be sexual slaves for their army um and many of those women never went back home um a lot of them did go back home but they were so traumatized they were just i mean and they were rejected most, by the community when yeah, they had the, uh, when they came back well. yeah because they 
you know, at that it was, time... It was their fault. It was it, very They scandalous. were blamed. Yeah. Right. So now most of them have passed away. There's very few who are still alive. And, I mean, in Korea, in South Korea, there's still a group of women who... There's only three or four of them left, but they go every week. There's a day of the week. I think it's Wednesday to go, and they stand in front of the Japanese embassy in Seoul, and they just... They, they're still... And, I mean, the there was an apology... Um, that was kind of orchestrated by Park Geun-hye's government a couple years ago, but the comfort women were not, the former comfort women said that they were not consulted and they weren't happy about it and they were not satisfied. So, I mean, it's just one of those things that, like, Japan has never really dealt with properly and they've never really um, faced up to it. And it's something that's, like, a, still a wound um, for Korean people and for the other people from other countries who had to go through that and... Did so they it's, ever? It's difficult. Did the Japanese government make a formal apology, or are they still refusing? So they apologized, but it was tied to some kind of treaty negotiations, like and there was some money apology. that exchanged hands. Yeah, I, I think it was just that after that apology, then the Korean government at that time had said that they were no longer going to ask for an apology, or that the record had been set straight, or whatever. But oh. the the um, the former comfort women said that they were not even asked what their opinion was and if they had known then they wouldn't have you know so, agreed to this right. the conditions that were set yeah so it's like a political gimmick rather than a, a true apology that's what it looked like to me and i mean from mm. what i've learned about the way that um, history is taught in japanese schools they don't really talk about it um a lot of japanese people don't really know what happened so it's a very i mm, mean that's, that's very difficult. typical for colonizers right exactly so, you know, it's pain. It's a painful history, um, and it's not easy to deal with. So I'm looking forward to this movie, especially, like, Kim Hye is always amazing. Amazing, yeah. yeah. I'm going to slide in a recommendation for I Can Speak as well, which is uh, E.J. Hoon with, oh, oh, gosh, what's the name? Um, oh, something. that's such a lovely movie. Oh, oh did you watch um, it? Yeah, I finally watched it. It was so wonderful. Let me find out it's what the, the name actress, of the actress. That grandmotherly actress that yeah, always... Yeah, she's amazing. wonderful. She was in um, Just Between Lovers, too. Namun Hee. Yeah, right. the actress is Namun Hee, who's just wonderful in everything she does. Um, oh yeah, this is a really great film. Everyone should watch it. It's really so touching. Mm, this is I Can Speak, right? Yeah. Yeah, I can speak. Okay. Okay, so... But, oh, and another thing that she mentioned in this interview, which is completely unrelated to the topic of, of the history, is that she put on weight for the role. I found that interesting because immediately after I read this, I read another article about Kim Goon, who also has an upcoming film called uh, Sunset in My Hometown. Um, and she also she put on eight kilos for that role. Uh, Kim Hee put on five kilos for this. So I've, I found that... Uh, it was just I didn't find that particularly oh. anything. But what do you guys think about mm. women putting on weight for roles? I just find it interesting so, that whenever it's an actress, they always talk about how much weight that they have to put on, and that they're going to have to take it off. And actors don't really talk about it, or they're not asked about it. The reason that that caught my eye is because the actual headline of this article is Kim Go and Ga- gains weight for movie role, and I was like, mm, okay, why is that? You know, is that yeah. the most important thing about this entire film and her role in it? Uh, and well, it just it goes to show 
Although in yeah. the Kim Hee article, they they didn't focus on that. They said that she'd um, put a lot into becoming that character. That she'd learned, uh, she had to master like Saturi the uh, Busan dialect. Uh, that she changed her whole image. So mm. that was about how she went all in to get this role, uh, to get into the uh, the role that she had. So for her, it wasn't a focus on her looks. But then they have this Kim Goon headline. Okay, and this was on uh, Chosun Ilbo. So you know this is how they talk about younger women <laughs> mm-hmm. okay so the next one is a really cute story um uh, jo jung suk and uh, gami are getting married in the autumn yeah oh they're so cute <laughs> finally <laughs> so I they've been dating for, uh, they've been together for five years already um and yeah they they're going to get married that's all there is to say we're just very happy about this <laughs> yes, and I really want to, I just want to point out that, like, it's very rare that um, a relationship that has been public for a long time tends to end in marriage, and it's happy, and there's no drama, so good for them for, like, you know, managing to deal with that properly, and I think the only other couple I can really think of is um, Jisung and Nibo Young, who also... Like, they didn't really make a big deal out of it, but everyone kind of knew, and they were very, like, normal about it, and then they got married, and so... You know, yeah. so they are, they are very cute together. <laughs> they are, yeah. So, well, yeah. Uh, another another really cute couple that I love is uh, Park Ha-sun and uh, Ryu Si-young, because they yes, were, in two them. weeks, um, that they were, like, you know, they did, they weren't... Uh, together in two weeks he got yeah, jilted yeah they were engaged but it didn't work out yeah because uh, you know Ijunki came back and how can any drama character you know not choose Ijunki? but in real life the nice guy can win <laughs> I just I love it so much it's like you got yeah I really like that whole that because they're so low-key and they're so like adorable and they are yes yeah, they're lovely also. The thing we t- uh, I tend to forget about Jurung Suk is that um, because I, I watch him in dramas, I forget that he's also like a, a musical person. So he's like constantly, mm-hmm. like when he's not doing dramas, he's doing musicals. So he's like, you know, uh, he belongs to the music world as much as he does to the drama world. And of course, right. the first drama I ever watched him in was What's Up. So, you know, music. He's got them pipes. Yep. He has indeed. Um, what's next. the next one? Oh, oh, and the next one is also like one of my favorite stories of the month, which is uh, it's been confirmed that Lee Jae-hoon and Che Soo-bin are going to uh, oh. lead the SBS drama Fox Roadster. <laughs> I don't I care just either. I see them sharing some oxygen on my screen. <laughs> and, and then I felt guilty because I'm like, what about you somehow? Is she really going to cheat on drama boyfriend using her? Oh, come on. Is she allowed to? <laughs> and then I was like, forget this. Forget this. I need them to, to be in this drama together. <laughs> so uh, the uh, interesting yeah. thing about this drama, which um, originally was called Fox Bride Star and then was changed to People of Incheon Airport, and then it reverted back to the original title. Um, and this is from the writer of uh, Romantic Doctor Teacher Kim. Um, and it sounds quite similar in concept to uh, a poem a day, which is like you know, it's about airport support staff, um, and like it's meant to be a healing drama. What? So it sounds. I, I feel excited. <laughs> and the other interesting cool, thing though. is that this the, these roles were previously turned down by uh, Hyunbin and Park Shin-hye, who then went on to sign together for um, Memories of the Alhambra, which is an upcoming drama. 
from the writer of uh, mm-hmm. Queen Inhyun's Man, 9W, all of that. So I'm more excited for this. I'm oh, excited yeah. for both of them. <laughs> but yeah, okay. this pairing, I'm I'm so, so into this pairing. I'm very excited about this one. Um, it's funny about the title because the other titles makes more sense and this one's kind of nonsensical, but this one is way more memorable and interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's more so. whimsical as well. You kind of expect it yeah. to be like a fantasy romance. In fact, I kind of want it to be yeah. a fantasy romance because I love fantasy romance. <laughs> <laughs> Right, and then you find out the premise, and you're like, huh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of fantasy romance, not quite fantasy, but almost, uh, there's also going to be, this is our last news item? Oh, no, not quite last. Um, A new cross-dressing saga, except this time, it's a boy dressing up as a girl. And so he hides out in, like, a widow village to escape a childhood betrothal. And this is an adaptation of a popular webtoon, which has been running since 2014, called uh, Mong Bean Chronicles. Mong? Mong? I'm so excited for this. (laughs) I'm really. I. I mean, there's no casting. There's nothing. Like, there's nothing attached to it. But it's like the concept is so fun. I. I can't wait to see who gets cast. Yeah. You know, for one, like I think we've only had one other one, and that was a boy cross dressing as a girl, and it was a teen romance called Ma Boy, Boy. which kind of tells you the whole thing. (laughs) I really. Yeah, it was one of those like lower budget. Yeah, Yeah. with with idols who are very like without much acting experience. This one. uh, Wasn't that Kim? uh, Kim Soyeon in that. But the guy who plays the girl was, I think he was very, I think it was like his first acting project oh, okay. or something. I can't remember who the boy yeah. was actually. But I mean, I heard it was good and cute and stuff. But oh, I mean, you haven't it, watched it? It is not, cute. I haven't Watch watched it. it. Oh, okay. It's, very, it's like two episodes or something, or four or something. It's short, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's really so short and it's really length. cute. Yeah, it looks, yeah, this looks like a full It seems length. like a full length. It's set in like saga times, which is yeah. very interesting. There's no prince or king or princess or chebol involved, which is oh, like yeah. so exciting to that do. you know of. <laughs> that we know of. Okay, so I'm maybe sure there's gonna be a, a king prince, somewhere. But... Okay, fine. <laughs> I can hope. I can still hope when it's nothing confirmed, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the last, uh, the last news story we've got is actually a bit of an old one. So. Um, this passed us by earlier, but back in February, BBC Worldwide um, announced the remake, uh, Korean remakes of three BBC dramas. So two of those have actually already happened and aired, and uh, one of them being Mistresses. Both of them were OCN dramas, so Mistresses has already aired. Life on Mars, which is currently airing. Um, I think none of us watched Mistresses, right? I don't know. Or Life on Mars. Oh, but I plan to watch Life on Mars, so, you know. So do I. <laughs> don't write me off yet. There's so many drama airing this month. <laughs> right. Um, uh, but the third one, um, which I didn't know about until I read this article, is uh, Luther, um, which is, sounds exciting. I mean, I don't watch Luther, but, you know. It, it had Idris Elba in it. Okay, that's so yeah, I, that's right. It's like Idris Elba <laughs> being like a spy or a detective or something, but he's very cool and he's very, yeah. you know. Hot. Yeah. <laughs> Idris Elba. <laughs> Um, the reason I actually I accidentally came across this when um, I was reading another article about how uh, a BBC um, producer was praising the remake of uh, Life on Mars. So he described it as, oh gosh, wait, I need to look this up before I say this. So the Simpy article um, quotes the producer, the BBC producer, as describing Life on Mars as having the Korean one having the essence of the original but also having its own local flair. 
um, and also because it's set in a really volatile time period in Korean history, um, it, it like they managed to adapt it really well to to the Korean context. So that's exciting. I'm I'm actually really unhappy that I haven't been able to watch it yet. Yeah, I also it's on my list, and I just this past week has been so busy. I really want to mm-hmm. get on that, start watching. Because um, we, when we were talking about suits a bit earlier, we or I said that the American format didn't seem to work well with Korean formats, and with um like the BBC sort of um mini series formats, I actually it's interesting. I think that they're really compatible with each other, like. My go-to description of K-drama to non-K-drama people is think BBC period drama, except it's not in English and it's not period. <laughs> so mm. kind of I, I find because them they do really more good of stars. a sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, that that fully contained story. You know, not the multi-season right. format, but that you know right. the story, a complete story within a short uh, run of episodes. So even if it's it's it does have multiple seasons every season it's is kind of its own story yeah. with its own beginning and ending whereas yeah. with american shows they just keep stretching it and then there's a the season finale is always a cliffhanger and then like you have to come back next year to come and you don't even know if it's going to be format. renewed that's another thing with the, right the that's the other, other thing ones. Yes. yeah that's right so sometimes you just never find out what happens yeah and then it tortures you for like the next fifteen years, and then you, you quit American TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is this a personal experience? <laughs> never. I would never say such a thing. <laughs> um, I think that so wraps stop. up all of the interesting new stuff. Okay. So next we have our upcoming drama section. There's actually a ton of stuff airing that's listed to be airing in July. I'm gonna start with the um. What actually has a solid air date, and I'll just quickly mention the other ones. So first, on July 4th, we have Your House Helper, which stars Hasak Jin, Bona, who was also, I think she was in Girls' Generation 1979, um, Lee Ji-hoon. And Hasak Jin is basically a very cool guy who's rich, but he's decided to be a housekeeper. God knows why. <laughs> that was the question on the tip of my tongue, why? <laughs> yeah, I, he just he's like estranged from his rich family, um, and he goes around and cleans women's houses, um, and he's Bona's housekeeper, and yeah. solves women's you problems know. and gives them advice. I don't know, that's the whole premise. The so first teaser that they released showed him very happily and peacefully cleaning a house, and he was giving the camera a smile, and it seemed like he was very satisfied with his life. But then subsequent trailers made him out to be like a very irate housekeeper he was was spraying water on one of the women who was sleeping he's like wake up wake up wake up oh see i only saw the first trailer so i thought he was like going into this zen state of cleaning houses and you know finding inner peace i guess that's not what i don't i don't think he's doing this willingly okay whatever his reasons maybe yeah i guess we'll find out i guess yeah yeah hasuk can pull it off i guess i don't see bona as being old enough to be able to hire someone like him as her house cleaner yeah. so that's kind of a weird but i guess we'll find out so the next one is mr sunshine which i'm sure Ooh. we all have heard about and have been knowing yeah. everything about but i'll just give a quick rundown it's um the next kim and suk drama with the same person that's worked on her you know worked with her on previous like goblin and stuff and it's got Lee byung han kim Teddy. Yu Yan Suk, Kim Min Jung, Yan Yohan. So like, it's an amazing cast except for 
the main character, which... <laughs> I'm so oh, torn about this I, show because yeah. I've loved, I loved Goblin and I loved Descendants of the Sun. Um, and apart from the that person, I love the rest of the cast. Right, <laughs> and the story is so interesting. Yeah, and the trailers are amazing. Basically, yeah, the, like, the, here's the premise, I'll just tell you. During the United States expedition to Joseon in 1871, a boy from Joseon boards an American warship and goes to America. As an adult, he returns to his home country as an American soldier stationed in the country. Like, that's so interesting. I... Ugh. And, like, she has the money to do it properly as, a, like, a really good period drama with, like, everything that you else? need. Why? Yeah. What? I don't yeah. know what... I honestly, I cannot decide what to do about this drama. Usually the choice is easy. It's like, you know, if, if they're sleazebags, you don't watch them. Um, and my brain is telling me that. And But then I'm looking at all the trailers. and I'm, But how can I... I can't... I don't think I can enjoy it. I don't think I'll be able to enjoy it, even if everything else is amazing. But do I check it out or not? That's the question. Yeah, I don't know. If he wasn't the hero and he was, like, a side character... Just some character, side character, yeah. Yeah, then it would be okay. But, but you're telling you're me... you're asking me to root for this guy... Exactly. And believe As that a romantic a interest. Ugh. Yeah. Yuck. Yeah, I don't... I probably am not watching it. Watch when I come crawling back next month and admit that I've been watching it. <laughs> <laughs> Borrow any thoughts? I might, I might, I might sneak a peek just because the production value looks so high. Amazing. It, it just, uh, yeah, the traders are gorgeous. So, and and these often are the period dramas. They pour a lot of money into it, and this period especially. Kim and Sik can do anything, pretty much. Yeah. Sorry, ignore me. No, that that's absolutely true. But also that um, this period is is a is a time of very stark. Um, colors like you have the army uniform which is very dull um, versus the Joshun era or like late Joshun era um, uh, costumes like uh, for instance what the girl was wearing you know, in the trailer it just it, the, the juxtaposition of these colors are very striking right and um, like it's so, a time when the the technology is changing and like the, then you have like this yeah. two the two like cultures clashing and you have right used to that yeah, it's and it's an era that we haven't really gotten to see, and you know that they're probably gonna do a good job because they have so much money and it's such a high-profile show. But then on the other hand, it's like, oh, uh, so it's just really, yeah, it's hard. Mm, all right, well, we'll re, we'll we'll come back next month and confess our sins and or <laughs> our pain. <laughs> so the next one on the list um, is coming out on June, July sixteenth. It's Let's Eat Three. Where um, Yoon Do Joon romances yet another new lady with food. <laughs> but I was watching the trailers and it seems like it's his origin story. So the female lead in this is Bekjini. And I think she's like the original woman that he loved like back in the day. Because they're like, so how did you first become like Shiksha Nim? And he's like, I, I knew this woman. And then he starts. So I don't know if like the whole thing is going to be taking place 15 years ago or what the deal is. But anyway. I just loved him so much with um, Lee Soo Kyung in Let's Eat 1 that I couldn't even watch Let's Eat 2. I don't know if you guys watched either one of those. I have. I have. <laughs> also, it will gain 15 pounds from every episode. About. It's so food porny. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's part of the reason why I decided not to watch it. 
It's hard. Like I, you have to be eating or you can't watch it every time. So it's it's rough on your waistline. <laughs> Let's just skip that one. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, and the other one that's coming up soon that I'm really excited for is Life. It's oh, airing no. on Dong I'm so excited for this. <laughs> yeah, on July 23rd. Um, it's Lee Dong Wook, Jo Sung Woo, Won Jina, who are all amazing. And plus, it's the writer of Forest Secrets in it. Man. Yes, and the this director of Live Out Right Now and You, My Friend, which were both really well directed. So I'm excited. Yeah. This is a definite. I'm, I'm so glad uh, Lee Dong Woo is doing a lead. Look, the last time I loved him in something was Goblin, and I know he's been in so many other things, but it's just that's where he really stood out for me. I'm happy to see him again in a drama that looks interesting. I just love that they're taking him as a serious actor now yeah. because it's like he had to beg his way onto Goblin, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, it paid off. Bless him. Bless his heart. Like he's just one of those people where you're like, just like bless your heart. <laughs> That's a southern expression, but it really it fits here. But I was gonna say that the premise sounds really um, boring because it's about a power struggle in a hospital. But then I if you watch. Those. The, oh, you like those? Okay. Personally, I don't enjoy those. But I watched the trailer and like, I mean, first of all, the cast and the writer and all that. But then he also, even like when I was watching the trailer, it seems as if there's some kind of, some kind of um, like cover up that happened with some suspicious deaths. And like some people tried to cover it up and some are still questioning it. And like, there's some kind of, it seems like maybe Lee dong was the attending doctor and then Wanjina had some kind of relationship with the patient. So, like, it looks interesting. And plus, I mean, I just feel like they're going to do a great job with anything, this team. So, so like, it's the reaper version of Forest of Secrets. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I really want also it to be that. looks like he's kind of evil. And, like, I don't know if my heart is going to be able to take that because I love him so much. But I know he's going to be really good. So I'm excited. There's also a weekend drama coming up on July 14th called About Her, and it's Nam Sung Mi is the heroine. Hero is Kim Jae-won, and I think the second lead is Jo Hyun Jae. Um, basically, it's about a woman who has plastic surgery and loses her memory from the after effects. It sounds like Birth of a Beauty. You know that Ju Sang-uk uh, Han Yeo-sil drama? And she's yeah. and the male lead is her plastic surgeon. Yeah, who's this is exactly like Birth of a Beauty. <laughs> yeah. Um, so isn't that yeah. the plastic surgery drama coming up? There's another one. It's called My ID is Gangnam Beauty, which like no comment on that title, but it's got Im <laughs> um, Young and Chaonu, and it's basically like this girl who is um, seen as being an ugly person, so she gets teased and bullied, and then she undergoes plastic surgery. And still gets teased and bullied. You can't yeah, win. Yeah, and she still gets teased and bullied, but now it's because she's had plastic surgery and the guy is one of those who only cares about what's on the inside, apparently, according to the summary. So it's just a Yeah, but he only met her after she had plastic surgery. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I bit back my sarcastic retort and Borama speaks it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We have kind mind, Saya. That's, that's what we've got. But I mean, okay. about about her, because it's a weekend drama and it's probably going to be 50 episodes, like, I don't really want to watch it. But then on the other hand, I really love Kim Jae-won. So now I'm... And also, like, even though the weird, shady premise, <laughs> I'm probably going to watch at least some of it. You, did you guys watch Birth of a Beauty? Because that was a really fun drama up until episode I watched, 12. like, 
eight or nine episodes. And okay, then you I... watched the good parts. Okay, yeah. That was cute and hilarious. Yeah. And, yeah. But then it went so, downhill in the last quarter, as they do. Yeah. So so um, my idea is Gangnam Beauty. That is not – it's just marked for July, but there's no air date. And I think a lot of these are – they don't have set-in-stone air dates because a lot of stuff is being preempted by the World Cup. Um, so like that happened to Walk of Love this week, happened to a couple of other dramas. So also listed for July is Risky Romance with Ji Hyunwoo and Lee Young, who, which is for Lee Young, as I mentioned to me earlier, reminded me earlier that she's coming back after having her baby, which she, like the badass that she is, did all of her stunts herself in Lookout while she was pregnant. Oh my God. And, and she was good. amazing in that show. She really was. Lookout was so good, despite the bad ending, like or the nonsensical ending. I really enjoyed that last year. But um, part of so, why, they, why the lookout, uh, why the finale of Lookout was a bit more low, sort of low action, was because she was so far along she couldn't do some of the action scenes. So that's why it was more talk, less action. Uh, that wasn't the sin of the dramas. Uh, exactly. Ending. Yeah. It's not what was the, more action is not what was lacking in that yeah, yeah. weird no, I get you. twist. Yeah. So, but that that makes sense, though. I didn't hate the ending of Lookout, just putting that out oh, there. Okay, it made me pretty <laughs> mad. <laughs> um, so the, the risky romance plot is basically a romance between a neurosurgeon and an endocrinologist. And the guy wants to win, and the woman is obsessed with hormones. So I don't know. I don't understand <laughs> what's going on there. Well, endocrinologists probably should be obsessed with hormones, but... I, I'm foreseeing a character who thinks everything is about hormones. Emotions are just a result of hormones. And, you know, love is just this hormone interacting with oh, that okay. hormone. Maybe. It's probably mm. something like that. And the risk is because he's in love with her and she doesn't believe in love. So his heart is at risk of breaking. Maybe. Maybe. Um, and there's another one. <clears throat> there's a lot of shows coming out in July. There's another one listed for July called 30 But 17. I'm so excited for this because I love I am, these two. <laughs> I'm excited, but I'm like conflicted again because the leads are Yang Sejong and Shin Hye Sun, who I both I love both of them, but they're both 30. But she's been in a coma since she was 17, and she just woke up, so she has the mind of a 17 year old. Uh, okay, I don't like it anymore, but I love right? this pairing. Yeah, <laughs> I was actually um. And, and it's the director of Pinocchio and I Hear Your Voice and the writer of She Was Pretty and High School King of Savvy, which, like, good. I loved High School one King of Savvy. One bad drama and one... Right, yeah. She Was Pretty was not good. Bad. So I, don't... Yeah. I was thinking that this reminds me a little bit of um, this drama from, like, it's an old drama, but it has uh, Park Hassan's husband. I can never say his name. Yuso, I, I looked him up, like, Yuso ten minutes ago, and I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember either. But anyway, it's about a husband and wife who are kind of at a rocky place in their relationship. Yu Su Young, yeah. <laughs> and she has an accident and she forgets and she goes back to her memories from age nineteen or eighteen. And at that time they were like friend they were like enemies in high school. And so it's like her having to remember their relationship up until that point and like fall in love with him again. But I don't know, that was less creepy because she's already made the decision to be married to him as an adult and they have a life together where this is like, this is kind of gross to me. I, I don't know. Why 17? Like, couldn't they have chosen 
like 22 20 or something you know at least be legal it's another one of those you can get around the legality or the appearance of impropriety but it's still deep down kind of yucky you know I don't know. So, I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah, but, but this is a, a, an old movie trope, though, where you have a child's mind and a woman's body. Mm. It's been done so many times in older movies. But that's, like, ethically, like, inherently problematic. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I don't know how you can... You can get around it with numbers, yeah. but you, like, ethically, it's really... I don't know. Because that person yeah. is a vulnerable person. You, as the mature adult, would be... Uh, you know, unethically taking <clears throat> advantage of of someone who doesn't have the mental capacity of an adult. Having because said a that, seventeen year old is not an adult. Yeah, I totally agree with you. But having said that, this writer was able to carry off a relationship between a high school That's senior true. boy and like yes. an adult woman in her thirties. So mm. there is that. I mean, I so was my very guess is we're going to see that, that maturity. Like, you know, Shin Hyesun's character is going to... Is she the one in the coma? Yes. Right. Okay. Was it even a coma? Did I just make that up? Anyway, so she... No, no, she was in a coma. She was in a coma. And he... And the coma happened 13 years ago. And he was also in a traumatic traumatic incident 13 years ago, which caused him not to want to have a relationship with others. (laughs) Who wants to bet that there was the same incident that put them in those positions? Never! takers! (laughs) So, I don't know. I, I think I'm still going to check it out, but we'll, we'll see. It's very dependent on the execution, I think. Um, the last thing on my list is called Time. It's got Kim Jong-hyun and Sohyun. I don't know anything about Kim Jong-hyun, but Sohyun is from Girls' Generation. So, yeah, I'm kind of conflicted because, like, I really love him, but I haven't seen her do a good job acting before, so maybe what she'll improve. What has she been in? Um, I feel like she had a cameo in something. Let me let me check her credits, but I don't think she's really done anything too impressive. She was in Bad Thief, Good Thief. She had a cameo, which I didn't watch, and then she had a cameo in Weightlifting Fairy Kimbokju, but it was like very very brief. She's had a bunch of cameos in a lot of things, so and she like was also in Moon Lovers, Scarlet Heart Real, which like I didn't watch, but I heard that was a trainer. Don't get Yeah, I don't have high hopes for her, <laughs> but um, he's always worth watching. At least to check it out. I don't know if I'm even going to check it out. Yeah, but but the synopsis of this drama sounds very depressing. It sounds very depressing. It's a writer of Secret, so I don't know if that's something that would... Mm. Yeah, Yeah, but the writer of Secret still... Like, when you have Jisung and Jung, that's like next level. That makes a lot of sense. Right, so usually something that sounds this dark, I would run screaming yeah, from. But, but I don't have a faith. I don't have any faith in Sohyun being able to carry off the script written by the writer of Secret. You know, mm. someone check it out and tell me if I should watch it. We are on the last leg of the podcast, and um, question of the yak. I have one for you guys. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Okay. Um, so my question is, um, we. We all have opinion on, on drama soundtracks. Um, what original soundtrack has stayed with you long after the drama was over? Like what has, has become in some ways themes of your life, if you will? Well, you, you want it to be like, you know, the Goblin soundtrack where they're doing that backlit, you know, moonlight walk. <laughs> that, that one's mine. 
Which one? Don't even touch it, guys. Oh, I won't, don't one. worry. You, you, you keep that one. I'll pick another one. Yeah, that punch Ooh, one is really also, good. Also, um, I, I have dibs on um, um, auditory hallucination. Um, that, no, that, I'm sorry. You don't from, get to have dibs um, on that one. Yeah. No. We don't, we don't, no, we don't have dibs on songs. On, you can listen to it at the same time. Sharing is caring. We're all, you know, exactly. more than six years old here. We can share. I love that song, too. That song is, like, it's so epic. Like, when I put it on in the car, it's just, like, you feel like you're going to do something epic with your life. It's so good. So there's this one. In, um, you guys remember Jackpot? Um, Chung and Suk's drama from a couple of years ago. Two mm-hmm. years ago? I Although think? I didn't watch it. I kind of watched half of out. it. And then, oh, Yojin Gu was in there as well. Um, I grabbed the recaps and all <laughs> Well, I ended up not finishing it, but there was this one song in it which just, um, it keeps coming to the, like, whenever I type in YouTube, it's like it's there at the top and I see it and I'm like, oh. <laughs> and it's um, <laughs> When Time Stops uh, um, by uh, Pug One Q. And also, it's interesting that it's this uh, particular artist as well because. One of my other um, sort of stuck in my head ones is also by him from Princess's Man. Uh, and I can't remember the name of the actual song, but I'll send you guys links. I've got one more. Um, you know, okay. in this is like a classic Delightful Girl Chunyang. Mm. Um, emergency Room? No, no, no. The one. Because I love uh, Emergency Room. Goodbye, my friend. I can't remember what the actual title of the song is right now, but. Um, I'll send you guys links so uh, and that, everyone that else really can find too. the That's a good I sound. really like that one. Delightful Girl Chunyang is a good. It's a good soundtrack. Um, Emergency Room is one of my. I actually think I have the whole song memorized in Korean. I could sing it at the Norebang. Oh. <laughs> I love the song. I remember I the also... first. Oh, sorry. Go on. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say. I remember the first time I felt I was inspired to actually learn lyrics. Like, the first song that made me want to look at the lyrics and learn them was, you know, Jaywalking in Shut Up Flower Boy Band. Oh, that was so the first all the time. music from that drama is good. Like, you can't pick one song. That mm. whole soundtrack is amazing. Um, for me, the first song that really that I really fell in love with was um, Uneasy Love from City Hall. It's oh, kind of their that. main song that expresses their relationship, but it's beautiful. Like I have most of that memorized too. And then um, that one has been kind of rotating on my playlist for the last nine, 10 years. Um, I also really love the song Hero from Miss Korea. It's really gorgeous. And we can't go without mentioning Signal's Signal had a whole bunch of really great tricks. I tend to actually like instrumentals more than songs. Like the background Signal music. soundtrack was not um, one that you would necessarily listen to on its own. For me, it um, would be. Oh, it was. Okay. Yeah. But for me, it integrated so seamlessly and perfectly with the drama. Whereas there's some songs that just as a song, it's so good. And with the drama, it's so good. You know what I mean? Like it's... thing is, I didn't really listen to music. So the only time I'm really exposed to it is like in dramas. So it kind of, for me, it becomes tied into this emotional experience mm. of the drama itself. So that's why True. I can... and it reminds you of, like... Yeah, what exactly. You what you were feeling at that point, yeah. I also really like... Um, yeah. And this is across a lot of dramas, but every single day, it's a band. And oh, they do yeah. a lot of soundtracks. They do. But like I, the, I hear your voice soundtracks. love what they do. Yes, I hear your voice. They did a song for Pinocchio. Yeah. They did a song for... Um, they did, they did a for couple everything. of songs for Miss Korea <laughs> that were really yeah. beautiful. 
Um, they did one for My Princess that I really loved. My Princess is also a really great soundtrack. It's very like retro 80s. It's kind of, it's very different from a lot of the other ones, which are just very, you know, like there's that generic rom-com sound that a lot of rom-coms have, which is fine. But then there's some shows that have like a flavor to them musically. Mm-hmm. And I always love that. Can I mention one last yeah. one? Sorry, I had a really long list. Yeah, Can I mention too. one last? So the drama, um, Que Sera Sera with Eric and Jung Yumi yeah. has an amazing yeah. soundtrack. It's an amazing, it's like every song is so good. Oh, I need to watch this. Okay, well, now I'm looking forward to the playlist you're going to create. Yeah, me too. Oh, honorary mention, um, like, I I don't have too many good things to say about this drama, um, despite having lived with it for weeks while it was airing, which is falsified. Uh, there was a, a soundtrack by Suran, um, or I think I'm pronouncing it right. Um, and it was basically the only soundtrack I remember. I don't even know if they had any other <laughs> songs. But um, they used to play that in climactic moments. And initially in the first few episodes, whenever they would play that, it would just like emphasize the drama of the moment really well. It was just a really good soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So that stayed with me a lot longer than the plot of the drama did. I feel like we would be remiss if we didn't mention Baek Ji Young, who's like the OST queen, and she did um, and that man from uh, that woman from um, Secret Garden, which was like extremely incredible. I love that. How did I forget it? Yeah, I memorized that one too. Actually, I learned to play it on the piano because I loved it so much. <laughs> oh wow, you did. In a very basic way, <laughs> just. <laughs> uh, City Hunter is one of the earliest dramas I watched, right? So, song, yeah, suddenly Kim Bo Young song. That's just, it's still so classic. And like, I, I can random, like, randomly, it will pop into my head and I'll start like humming it, knowing only about fifty percent of the words. Or rather, <laughs> I know the words, but I didn't know the meanings then, and now I do. So I'm like, oh wow. <laughs> Right? You know, weird? It's so it's funny weird. to go back and listen to something that you just kind of used to sing along with without understanding anything, and then you suddenly understand, and you're like, "Oh, this is a pretty good song." Yeah, it's interesting. And now, in like, it, it's like it was perfect, you know. But but you know how you said, uh, sorry about uh, background scores, like sometimes uh, sticking out uh, more than songs do. One of the earliest uh, Korean dramas I'd watched was. Queen Inhun's man, and um, do you remember that they would use this old? Uh, yeah, I know exactly which one you mean. Instrument like um, yeah, and it that that was the first time with, with Korean dramas that I mean I had loved You're Beautiful and I could hum their songs, but those were relatively generic. This one really created mood, and I just I had never experienced that with a drama before. So that oh. that. Yeah, yeah that instrument is called a hegum, and I always love when they use it as part ah. of the background score in, like, socks. So it has such a beautiful and, like, mournful and sad, but also... It's like the sound of flowing water. Yeah, or, or um, tinkling bangles, because that that's what came to my mind whenever I would hear that. I don't know why, but, yeah. Wow, that went musical fast. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good question. That's a really good, good question. Good answer to my question. On to the penguin. Oh, is that what we're doing now? This one is super lame as well. What do you call a happy penguin? Happy penguin. Um, they get lamer by the day. I'm, I don't even... Uh. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think you're...
you're going to even make a, you know, a, be able to give this a decent guess because it's that lame. A penguin. Penguin? Yeah, I apologize. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Father's Day, everyone, by the way. We missed that. Oh, that uh, passed in between the last one and this one. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. Hope you enjoyed it with your fathers and your father figures. And your father figures jokes. Bye, guys. Bye. And that's the end of this month's Long Yak. If you guys enjoyed that and wondered to yourself, hmm. How can I support these women so that they would make more of these episodes? Well, you can leave reviews in iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Or you can also send us emails at starsinourpocket at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at a K-drama podcast. And finally, before I let the outro music do its job, I want to wish a very, very happy birthday to my friends and partners in crime, Saya and Anissa. Both were born in this month, which makes it a pretty special one. Thanks for listening, guys.